Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Just Like Other Girls. I had a good weekend. I went to visit my parents and did a makeup trial for my wedding, which is, it's an experience. Let me tell you, the, the hair and makeup trial, of all the things that I've done so far for my wedding, of which there are a lot. I've talked about them on this show. I've definitely made content about them on social. Like, there are a lot of things that I have done to get ready for this wedding, and most of them have been fun. Very few of them have been, you know, there's weirdness to a lot of it. It's something you've never done before. But the weirdest one of all has definitely been the hair and makeup trial. It is such a weird, it's a weird thing, first of all, to figure out what you want your hair and makeup to look like for your wedding, right? Because to some extent, you're like, all right, I want to look like myself. You know, I want to look, I don't want to like come down the aisle and look so different and have my fiance at that moment husband be like, whoa, I've never seen you like this before. Like that would be weird, you know? So you want to look like yourself, but you want to look like kind of done up and glamorous. I mean, we're having a more formal wedding. I think that's the other thing. Like there's, (laughs) there's so many different levels of how formal how dressy is your wedding or where's the venue what time of year is it like there's so many factors that go into just what would be appropriate not that you have to do it you could do whatever the hell you want of course but like if you're just sort of looking at like all right I'm wearing a wedding gown most of my you know my fiance is going to be in a tuxedo like I should probably do something that feels dressy that feels done up. So you think about that and you're like, all right, I want to feel done up, but I don't want to feel too done up. So then you have to relay this to the makeup artist and the hair artist who have never met you before. But whatever, that's the goal. Um, So you have to say to these people who have never met you before, I want to look a little bit more glamorous than I look every day. And they're like, what the fuck do you look like every day? We have no idea. So that's a whole thing. You have to figure that out. And then Once you get those people, oftentimes a lot of what I found from my research through looking at countless, countless hair and makeup vendors and artists is that the majority of them make you book them for your wedding day and put down oftentimes 50% deposit of what you will pay them at your wedding, which is, is no small amount of money. And they make you put that down before you've even done a trial. So then you're like committing to something that you have no idea about. And I think that hair and makeup is, and maybe a band, is really the only time, no, hair and makeup even more so than a band, that you are committing to something before you have any idea how it's going to go or what it's going to be like. Because if you think about like a band, at least you can see video or you could go see them live. And who is that how they're actually going to perform at your wedding? Who knows? But at least you have some idea of, okay, this is what this is what they sound like. This is how they perform. And with hair and makeup, theoretically, you could say, all right, this is this is how they do hair and makeup by looking at pictures on in their portfolio. But it's such a personal thing because it doesn't really matter what their hair and makeup looks like. It matters what it looks like on you. And everybody has different features and different hair textures and different, you know, people ask for different things. So, like, I can look at a picture of a bride who has her hair in a beautiful high ponytail and she looks amazing. And I'm like, but I don't want a high ponytail. So how the heck am I going to know if she can do what I want to do? So it's very it's, it's very challenging. I And it's funny because I obviously have a lot of friends 
I'm at that age group where my friends in the past five years and in the next five years were just getting married like crazy. It's like dominoes, you know, one's falling after the next. And I think that hair and makeup, nine times out of ten, falls to like the last thing you do. Because everything else just feels so much more pressing when it comes to time. You know, like you need your venue. You can't do anything until you have your venue. And then obviously the music is so important. And those vendors book up so fast. So I feel like people leave hair and makeup until the end. And my advice to anyone who is getting engaged, newly engaged, in the process of planning a wedding, do not wait for hair and makeup. Because at the end of the day, like, it's going to make a really big difference in how you feel about how you look on that day and like sure it's not about how you look but in talking even with like when I went dress shopping or when I went dress shopping with my mom and we were talking to people about mother of the bride dresses there when you like the way you look when you feel confident when you feel happy with the dress you have on the way your makeup came out that your hair it changes the way you carry yourself And it's just going to change the way that you navigate through the day and the way the day feels. So all this to say, I'm working on this hair and makeup and I got one trial and it went not super well. So I went and I did another trial. It went really well. Loved this person. Very excited to use them. But like it's so weird too because you're so far out from your wedding and you're like, I think this is what I'm going to want to look like on this day. You know? And there's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's... (laughs) It's really hard to make all these decisions about something that's happening so far in the future. Um, Something about me that I think is abundantly apparent from watching any of my content, spending as much as five seconds with me, is that I am what you might call an overthinker. I have a tendency to overthink just about everything that happens in my life. And it's it's a funny thing. I think a lot of us, I, I know a lot of people who would identify in the same way. And I think there are a lot of like red lines that you can draw from, oh, were you an overachiever in high school? You are probably an overthinker. Oh, do you suffer, do you have like mild acute functioning anxiety? Oh, you're probably an overthinker. Oh, are you dating? You're probably an overthinker. <laughs> and... It's funny, I just, I I didn't, I knew I overthought things, but I think I realized just how much overthinking I'm doing living with a boy. And the reason I say that is because, and this is a huge generalization, huge generalization, so I admit that, but in my experience, overthinking is definitely something that has a strong feminine energy to it. (laughs) I think, I don't know what it is, I think Eliza Schlesinger, if you know her comedy, she's one of my idols, one of my heroes, and she talks a lot about girl brain and how girl brain just like, it just functions differently. I, I have to imagine. Like there's just different things that go on. And some of it is, some of it is probably nature versus nurture, like women have, you know, we have so many more insecurities just because of the world that we live in and the media and all that. So I think we're overthinking about that all the time. But also, like, I think women tend to be more detail-oriented or they pay attention to things at a more acute level. Again, gross over 
overstatement, gross generalization. I am not saying that there are no men who are overthinkers, and I am not saying that there are no women who are like super chill and have never overthought something in their life. I would love to be one of those women. I'm not. Actually, I I will figure this out through the course of the show, but maybe I don't want it. Maybe I like overthinking. We're going to figure it out together. But I do think that I just feel like my brain literally never shuts off. It's just constantly thinking about something and even if I think I've made progress on the thing I'm thinking about, it can think of something else that it should be thinking about. It's like this whole meta experience. It's a play within a play within a play. It is inception of my own brain, of me just overthinking everything. And I think it can come in a couple different ways. I think it can come in the form of worrying. I think worrying is a huge huge expression of overthinking, at least in my life. I think it can come into the form of interpretation or reading into things. I think it can also come really, it can be a big factor in being indecisive because you're thinking so much about all of the options that you are overthinking. So what I'm saying is the term overthinking is obviously very broad. It covers a lot. But all I know is that when I'm trying to go to sleep at night and I close my eyes, my brain doesn't go like night-night. It just starts going off and it thinks about this. And I've noticed this in editing the audio of this show. I interrupt myself constantly, which is very rude of myself to myself, first of all. But second of all, I think it really is an expression of what my brain is doing in that like it's making its way down one path and then it takes a turn. And I think that that's overthinking because, well, I know it's overthinking. That's obviously what it is. Did you hear it? I just just interrupted myself as I was talking about it. That is insane. But anyway, I think the right amount of thinking would be thinking in a straight line. And that would get you, you know, the shortest way from point A to point B is a straight line. But instead, my brain takes such a circuitous path because it has to go down every alley and avenue and thought that comes in and I go on tangents in my own brain that it becomes this process of overthinking. And then you just get too much information in your own head and your thoughts start to bog you down. And I don't know. I'm on a lot of, on my FYU, FYU, on my FYP page, On my FYP page, I get a lot of content from people talking about thoughts and thinking and changing your brain and and manifesting. And the really trendy one right now is this like lucky girl lifestyle that you can say, I am lucky, good things happen to me. And it changes how you think about the world in front of you and then changes the choices you make. And I love all that stuff. I'm, I'm super into that stuff. But I also get a lot of content along those lines that is like your thoughts are not real and your thoughts are not fact and your brain is constantly telling you shit that isn't true about what is happening what you're feeling and that is where I think the overthinking comes in because my brain tells me something that is overcomplicated or my brain tells me something that is unnecessary but now I'm gonna worry about it or my brain tells me something to read into something that may or may not be there. I think one of the biggest ways that I overthink and I think a lot of, how many times can you say think? But I I think that this is a predominantly female experience. 
And granted, that's just my point of reference. But is the reading in to how people interact with you? And I think I've noticed that my fiance, someone can say something to him and he could take it at face value. And I'm like, well, she intonated her sentence at the end, which leads me to think that maybe she actually doesn't agree with me. Or, you know, her eyes darted around a little bit to the left and to the right and her feet were actually facing away from me. So she hates me and doesn't want to be my friend anymore. And she's going to tell everyone that I've ever talked to that I'm an asshole. Like this is how my brain works. This is the overthinking of picking up on those little tiny details that the person probably doesn't even realize they're giving and then taking it and interpreting it to mean a million things when it really genuinely means nothing. And I think the prime example of that that everyone has experienced, male and female, is when you're dating. When you are dating, you overthink everything that the other person says, does, wears, moves. Everything about how they exist as it relates to you, you overthink. And again, maybe not everybody. Maybe some people are very healthy and they don't overthink any of it. But I certainly, when I was dating, every text message that came through, especially early on, like those first couple dates with someone, I would... I'd be like, well, he used an ellipses instead of an M dash, so I think he's I think he's over me. Or I would I would say something like, Well, you know, he said, I hope you I hope you got home okay, but he didn't say I hope you got home safely, so clearly he wants to be done with me and this date went nowhere and we're never gonna have any kind of future together. Like this is the detail that you read into these things. And then you read into, okay, well how How long should I wait to respond? How long did he wait to take to respond? And then you read into it that it means something. And then you immediately reverse that and read into it that it means nothing. And then you start coming up with all these stories, right? The whole, oh, he's not texting back because his phone probably died and he's out to dinner with his cousin. And I know that his cousin actually lives in Queens. So that would be a really long way home. And he doesn't have his phone to take an Uber because his phone died. So he's probably on the subway. We wouldn't get service anyway. So I probably won't hear from him until tomorrow morning. And even if I don't hear from him tomorrow morning, it's probably because he's so tired and he has so many other people that he has to connect with from last night because his phone was dead. When really he just didn't text you because he's done. And that is, I mean, there's a whole movie on it called He's Just Not That Into You. And I think it's a funny example and it's a trite example to talk about dating. But I think it's so obvious in dating because you're so blatantly vulnerable. You're so aware that your heart is on the line and everyone that you're talking to knows it. And you could say, like, I don't care, but it's pretty obvious in a way that other scenarios, you have to fake it a little bit more. So I think that's why dating is such an an easy way in to talk about this overthinking. Because, like, I certainly do it if I get a message from my boss that says, hey, I'm like, oh, I'm getting fired. When really he's probably just like, can you put a meeting on my calendar to go over something? Like, But that immediate thought of like, oh, well, he said, hey, but he didn't put an exclamation point. He didn't, you know, he didn't, he wrote it in a Slack, not in an email. What do you think that means? If it was an email, do you think it would be more formal? Do you think it's better that, like, just the ability to run circles in your brain thinking about the dumbest detail, it's exhausting. 
it is actually exhausting. There are days when I am trying to figure something out and read into something and I, at the end of the day, feel like I like I did something physical. Like I went to a really hard fitness class or something because my mind is so exhausted from all the gymnastics that it's been doing all day. And I do it too. I think now that we talk so much in the written word and you don't hear people's intonation and you don't hear tone is such a big thing. Even sometimes I get texts from my mom and I'll be like, are you mad at me? And she's like, what, why, no? And I'm like, well, you put a period at the end. And like that is the universal sign for I hate your guts. She's like, what are you talking about? Like I use speech to text because my mom uses speech to text. That's a story for another episode. But it's just something that happens. But my, you know, as an overthinker, you just, you read into all those details so much. And I do it with friends too. I, I overthink not just what I'm, receiving but also what I'm putting out so I'm like oh if I and in office emails and dating email like in any sort of correspondence that's written I have to look through it and with a fine tooth comb decide how many of the 95 exclamation points I put in my first draft are gonna make it into the final message but seriously I I put a lot of thought into that I'm like okay well I have three exclamation points. That sounds a little too overeager, but if I take the one away from this sentence, then I'm afraid that he might think I'm actually being kind of a bitch. And it's just like, oh my God, just send the message. It doesn't matter. But I think that's one of the downsides of communicating so much through the written word versus the spoken word or the in-person experience of like being next to someone physically and feeling their energy. There's just so much room for misinterpretation and if you have an overthinking brain, you are going to misinterpret it no matter what because you're going to interpret it in nine ways. And so one of those is at the very least is going to be wrong. So overthinking comes a lot in that sort of like that reading into things and that interpreting and I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the bigger, more destructive, at least in my brain, part of overthinking, which is worrying. And I think it's very easy to disguise worrying as planning and thinking ahead and having uh, a plan for whatever is thrown at you in certain scenarios and if you are sort of that overachiever type A personality that can feel you're like oh no 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 I'm just planning I'm doing a good job I'm I'm writing out what I'm going to do every day every week so that I don't fall behind when really it, it's just a case of of the worries and my mom used to always tell me growing up hope for the best but plan for the worst and I think there's a lot of sage wisdom in that saying I really do she didn't make it up it's obviously like an aphorism like it's something that people say but I think there's a lot of of good of good in that sentiment of you hope for the best but you plan for the worst because life can throw anything at you right so in the best case scenario you don't necessarily need a plan you can just kind of keep going along because things are good but in the worst case scenario it's good to to understand what you're going to do because that's that feeling of oh I was caught with my pants down and now I got to figure it out and I think 
that has led me to always overthink something because I'm, I'm planning 12 steps down the line. And I, we would call it in my family over-engineering. You're just, you're putting too much thought, again, this overthinking, into something that really doesn't need it. And I see it all the time where I'm like, all right, well, I have to be at this thing at 9 o'clock. But if the subway is running a little late, then I should probably know that I could take an Uber. But if I'm going to take an Uber, then I probably should call it ahead because I don't want to have the surge pricing. But if I take an Uber and then I get there, like, it's just, that was a not the best example. But it's just this case of, like, you're over overanalyzing what could happen and coming up with a scenario for everything. And for me, sometimes this is comes to life as hypochondria. I have horrible hypochondria. At least I think I do. But I do. And I, I can constantly, my, when, I, something, when I feel something, right, when I have a headache, my brain doesn't just go, oh, you have a headache. Take some Advil. The overthinking comes in and goes, oh, you have a headache. Take some Advil. But why do you have a headache? Is it because you didn't drink enough water? Or is it because you have some sort of disease? Or is it maybe a sign of something else? Or maybe you're just tired. And again, everyone knows what hypochondria is. It's, it's convincing yourself that you have a terrible sickness for kind of no reason or because of the smallest possible sort of symptom. But I think when you're an overthinker, you just you can't let that symptom go. So you can't be like, oh, well, my head hurt yesterday. Oh, well. But then five minutes later, you're like, well, why did I have that headache? You know what? I'm not going to worry about it. And then three hours later, you're reading your book to go to sleep, and the character says, oh, I have a headache. And you go, oh, why does she have a headache? I wonder if that's why I had a headache. And suddenly, it's like two in the morning, and you can't fall asleep because you're thinking about this headache. So I don't know. There's just there's a lot of overcomplicating, reading into everything. It's all sort of the same thing. I think reading into did he use a comma or a period in his text message and does that mean he likes me is not all that different really from reading into, oh, my throat really hurts. I wonder if it's strep or if I'm just tired or there's they're not that different. But they just rear their head, like this overthinking rears its head in a different way depending on what's happening in your life or what is on your mind that day. And I think the other way that this overthinking can get really frustrating, and this one is way more annoying than like problematic because as I was saying, the worrying, like when you worry a lot about things that are not going to necessarily happen, Like, there's a big difference between worrying about something that is happening. Like, worrying about a presentation you have to prep for or worrying about a loved one who has an illness. That's a big difference than worrying about a what if. So worrying about what if this happens or worrying about what will I do when this could potentially happening, that is overthinking versus just thinking, in my opinion. Like, I think there are certain things that you should be worried about because they're happening, they're existing, and that you just have to come up with a plan. You have to think about it. And that is a little bit more of that straight line from point A to point B where you just think through it. It's when the things may or may not happen and you're kind of making them up that the overthinking becomes really problematic and and stressful and causes you just undue worry and stress that you don't need. It, it can be detrimental. It could be detrimental to mental health in the short term, in the long term, in a big way, in a small way. Who knows? But at the very least, it kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, 
overthinking things, even overthinking good things, is exhausting. And I, I don't know if this is an overthinker's anonymous kind of thing to do, but I, I think, you know, I will get in the shower and I will have the conversations that I'm going to have that day at work in my head. I will plan them out, you know. And some of them are good conversations. Some of them are like, oh, I, I can't wait to tell my manager how well this thing went when we have our one-on-one today. Or, oh, I'm going to – sometimes I even do this with like how I'm going to tell my mom things. And my mom and I are close and I have no insecurity when it comes to her. So I'm like, what? why are you wasting minutes and – energy of your brain activity on practicing what you're going to say to your mom and it's not practice it's just my brain won't turn off it's thinking about it so it's going to overthink about it and the last place that I think the overthinking really comes up and this one is not as detrimental to use kind of a strong word but really just like freaking annoying is I'm so indecisive and I think indecision is really just another way that overthinking is manifesting itself in people's lives, right? Because think about it. You can be indecisive about really dumb things. Like I can be really indecisive about what I want to order for dinner. And when I look at what I want to order for dinner, there's so many options. And I think through every scenario. Like an unnecessary amount. I'll be like, well, maybe I'll get Mexican. Well, if I get Mexican, then I'm probably going to want to get chips and guac. And that's going to cost a little extra. And I know I'm going to go out to dinner tomorrow night. So maybe I don't want to spend that much money. But tomorrow night, we're going out for Thai. So I probably shouldn't get Asian. However, Thai and Japanese, they taste pretty different. So maybe I should get Japanese. But if I get Japanese, then I know that I'm going to want something warm and that has sushi in it. But maybe I do want sushi anyway. Like, it's just I go through this whole process of what would happen if I ate Mexican. What would happen if I ate sushi? What would happen if I ate Italian? You know what would happen? I would enjoy my meal across the board. It's stupid. It doesn't make a difference. As long as I'm not ordering something that I'm allergic to, it doesn't make a difference. But my brain wants to think through every single ramification of what will happen if I order Mexican. And it could be something as simple as like, well, Mexican has a 25-minute delivery and the Italian has a 20-minute delivery. Am I five minutes more hungry? I don't know. But then I think about it for 15 minutes, so it doesn't even matter if I was five minutes more hungry because I've already gone above and beyond the wait time because I've overthought it. So basically what I'm saying is my brain <laughs> has a lot to say and a lot to think. And yes, I've tried meditating. And no, it, it's not working for me. And I know it's probably because I like should try harder or try differently or do it in a whatever. It's not for me. I, you know what? I kind of like overthinking sometimes. As much as I said it can be stressful and it can cause more worry, sometimes I think overthinking allows me to see things from every single dynamic and possible way. And I think I come to more sound decisions when it comes to something like that. If it's what I'm ordering for dinner, yeah, it's kind of annoying. But if it's a bigger decision in my life, I like that I really think about it. And, I, you know, it's fun to think about things. Who knows? And you know what? As much as the dating thing is stupid, at, at a certain point in your life, you stop dating, probably, you know, because you're in a relationship. And you might miss reading into people's messages. Because you know what? It's kind of fun. It's like a fun activity. It's like a game. It's a word game. It's like it's like doing a crossword puzzle. So allow yourself to overthink. It's not the worst thing in the world, in my overthinker's opinion. That's it for me. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Shannon Fiedler. This was Just Like Other Girls, and we'll talk next week. 
Have a good one, guys.